It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. He's Paul Dottino. I'm Lance Meadow. We are back in New York after a week of coverage out in Indianapolis. Good to have everybody aboard. No, no. This is New Jersey. Well, we're in the this New York area. This is New Jersey. And what is the first label prior to the name Giants when it comes to the team? This is still New Jersey. Hey, listen, I'm a New York guy, so... You don't have to convince you know, me that Sinatra there's a Sinatra was still alive, he would take you out right th- now. Listen, I'm not worried about Sinatra. I'm worried right. about the fact that I'm referring to the team by the right you got it. location, which Let's is the New York Giants. When they're the New Jersey Giants, we can carry on this. I'm debate. just having fun kibitzing with you, no, man, because it's been a while. Well, you know what? Well, it hasn't been that long, okay? Relax. <laughs> Trust me. I need about three months off to recover from you. I did feel like I was talking to a Buffalo Bills fan here, though, off the start of the show. See, the Buffalo fans are the ones that get all crazy about the New York-New Jersey differential. We understand. They play in New Jersey. They're called the New York Giants. It's all good. I don't think I need to convince Giants fans of that. But let's get back to the topic at hand, shall we? Yes. Multiple ways you interact with us here on the program in case you've been living under a rock while following this program. 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat. And a reminder, you can find the archive of the show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. So we have a lot to tackle on this program. I don't know if we would have said that about two hours ago in preparation for the show because a big domino has fallen with respect to the quarterback market. And then as it pertains to the Giants, the franchise tag deadline is Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. And that obviously impacts both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Let's start, though, with the big news. Derek Carr, according to reports, is closing in on a deal with the New Orleans Saints. Looks like it's a four-year contract. And that was one of the biggest names we were waiting to see. Hey, where would he land? Because, remember, it's not about other teams that need a quarterback. It's also about teams that may make a move on a quarterback that right now may not have as much freedom and flexibility with respect to free agency, but it could depend on whether or not they are tagged. But the NFC South, just a big-picture perspective, Paul, every team in that division had a question mark under right. center, right? The Saints, by default, are now in the driver's seat because they have the most proven commodity. And, oh, by the way, this was killing two birds with one stone. You know why? Because they kept him out of Carolina. So mm-hmm. not only did they help their own cause— but they prevented him from going to division rivals. So when you look at it from all of those perspectives, I think this is a really good move for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I would agree with you. And oh, by the way, they've also kept Carr from coming to the New York Jets uh, in the AFC. And, you know, who knows what Gang Green's going to do now, whether or not they're going to make a real strong pitch for Aaron Rodgers or what I truly believe is their best case scenario is going after Jimmy G. I mean, with the Sala connection in San Francisco... I think that would be the most logical place to turn if I were the Jets. But in any event, that is certainly the biggest quarterback news of the day. There's some other stuff involving some other quarterbacks we'll get to in a second. But, you know, Derek Carr, uh, to me, got a raw deal with the Raiders. I really believe that. He is a good quarterback. In fact, he's better than good. He's, he's pretty he's damn good. a solid good. option under center. And to be honest with you, his durability is not to be discounted. You knew that he was going to be reliable each and every weekend. He was going to be there to throw the rock for you. This is not a guy who was easy to knock out of the lineup. 
And in today's National Football League, that's a big deal. Absolutely. Especially if we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, who could be the alternative option, let's say, for the Jets. If Derek Carr is out of the picture and Aaron Rodgers does stay in Green Bay or is retired. Yeah, Jimmy makes sense. But Derek Carr, he's been penciled into your lineup for at least 15 games in every single one of his seasons going back to 2014. You cannot say the same thing about Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why I thought Derek Carr was a lot more attractive through the Jets lens as we're talking about Mm -hmm. them because Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old, so he's not a long-term answer. Jimmy Garoppolo has the injury history. Derek Carr answered both of those issues. 31 years old, to your point, he holds up. And with the weapons that the Jets have in terms of the young nucleus of receivers, the running back, good defense, I think it plays right into the strengths of a proven quarterback. So, yeah, I would say this is a damaging blow for the Jets especially if they don't wind up walking away with either Jimmy Garoppolo or Aaron Rodgers. Right. And, of course, uh, we just got back from the Combine, John and I, and in examining this quarterback class, look, there is no one. And, folks, if you heard any of our shows last week or any of the huddles that we put up while we were taping out there, there are no Andrew Lux, there are no Justin Herberts, uh, there are no Peyton Mannings, No, everybody in this class has a significant question mark or two or maybe even three. And so this is really going to, uh, you know, kind of continue that quarterback's kaleidoscope, if you will, because there are no easy answers. Now, I get it. Young is easily the best quarterback prospect in this class in terms of his ability, his tape, uh, his professionalism, but even... There are questions there, and I know he weighed 200 pounds, so he's all happy and people are giddy because he he hit the 200-pound mark in the underwear Olympics. Okay, great. But still, there there are going to be some doubts about his ability to last in the National Football League when you've got 330-pounders squashing you in the pocket. Sure, and there were doubts about Russell Wilson too, though, in fairness, Paul, coming into the league. There are guys who have made it. are not that far. Drew Brees was another guy questioned with his height. The scale height. is against someone of that of that physicality or yep. of, that, of those measurements, but it can be done. Yeah, and I'm sure the team that selects him feels pretty good about their chances, but your point is well taken. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks taken high regardless of whether or not there is a number one guy in the minds of 32 teams that would be a runaway. Because everybody is desperate to find the franchise quarterback. And all the quarterbacks that are selected, by default, they're not going to work out. It's not that I have anything against any of these prospects. It's just look at 2018, Paul. I bring this example up all the time. Four guys went in the top 10. And that's not even including Lamar Jackson who went later on. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen is the only quarterback on his current team. That's not to say that Baker Mayfield can't carve out a lengthy career. He's had some flashes in other places, and Josh Rosen, unfortunately, went to a team, and then they moved on from him immediately, and Sam Darnold's dealt with injuries. I'm not saying that those guys may not be able to last in the NFL, but the initial plan was stay with the team you're drafted, right, and carve out a role, and that didn't happen to three of the four guys, and three of those teams used very valuable assets in draft picks to address that position. So you do that math— the only example I could give you, and this is how far back you got to go. You really got to go back to 2004, Paul, with Eli, Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. and Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. When was the last time that that much volume, everyone struck gold where they got a guy and he lasted for over a decade? You'd be hard-pressed to find another example. We totally may get, agree. We may get, in fairness, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. It's possible. That's looking really good. So those two guys, but mm-hmm. that's not three. That's only two. That's two. 
I think you got to go back to 04. Look, I told you guys when I came back from the combine, I was down on Kyler Murray. I remember I was down on Baker Mayfield. And man, did I catch flack after each one of them had somewhat of a spectacular flash. But that's what it was, a flash. Short-lived, spotty, and now look at these guys. Basically, they're in the Kmart bin. Well, okay. I, mean, I don't know if I'd go that far, but well, I mean Murray's Murray's got to get yeah, Murray's, Murray's under contract. Murray's got to get fixed up. That's the get first thing. Yeah, before he can even step on the field and do anything else to try to resuscitate his career, he's got to get healthy. Baker, well, he's been pretty healthy his career, but hasn't hasn't nearly lived up to the hype, which was course was overdone from the very get go. Well, Baker had the shoulder injury after a really good year in 2020, mm-hmm. and he's also a product of similar to Josh Rosen, though Rosen wasn't in Arizona long enough. It was a revolving door of coaches and coordinators. I'm not making a laundry list of excuses for Baker. Hey, he I was down, down on Rosen too, and I was down on Donald. Well, all of these guys clearly had their faults, but we also have seen Paul when you draft a quarterback and then you bring in one coordinator after another. Hello, the guy that is the starter in this building, the last time I checked, is a product of that too. So if we're going to apply that logic to Daniel yeah. Jones, we got to be fair to a guy like Baker. Got to be part of it. Contributing factor. Got to be part of it. No and doubt. That brings me to Daniel Jones. Because yes, indeed. there are multiple reports circulating from members who cover the NFL very closely that his representatives will be meeting with Joe Shane face-to-face here at the Giants facility. Remember, that's coming from outside of the building. Albert the Breer team. and Mike Garofolo, I believe, are the two guys outside Absolutely. who have reported that. Yep, Breer Let's from SI and Garofolo from NFL Network. So multiple whispers that that is happening. But once again, the team does not comment on any negotiations. It's not official from the team's perspective. And it's not a surprise, Paul. The clock is ticking, okay? <laughs> We're about 24 hours away from the tag deadline, Tuesday at 4 p.m. Oh. Eastern. Now, they say deadlines make deals, right? You hear that phrase all no the time? No doubt. And we always talk about, and we said this actually because we were on the show, I believe, when the window opened yes. for the franchise tag. And I said, I would be stunned if somebody is tagged sooner than a day or two away from the deadline. Now, according to reports, Tony Pollard, Cowboys running back, mm-hmm. he's going to be tagged, which was expected. Josh Jacobs, the Raiders running back, he's expected to be tagged. But what makes the Giants situation unusual is they have two players to weigh as opposed to most of these other teams. You're maybe really thinking about one guy as opposed to the Giants situation. Yeah, I was talking to some folks out at the Combine, and they all said that they could not remember any time since the tags were in place where a team had a franchise quarterback and a franchise running back come up in the same year where they had to figure out, okay, who gets the tag? Because you'd love to have two, and you just don't have them. So uh, a unique situation, but the bottom line is, as we tried to tell you all along, not to follow the daily soap opera. You know, the folks who continue to follow every grain of sand that goes through the hourglass are the folks that will stress out beyond belief. Ultimately, as you said, the tag will be the tag at the last minute or the last hour, and the deal will be the deal at the last minute or the last hour. As one former GM used to say, the deal will get done when it's time to get done. And once again, when the clock says 4 p.m. Eastern, you have a little bit more urgency, right, for both sides. Mm -hmm. Because you then ultimately have to make a decision. Tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern is the deadline, and that includes the non-exclusive tag, the exclusive tag, and then, of course, the transition tag, which is rarely given out. Now, just to remember something, folks, free agency doesn't actually start to the 15th. 
and there is the legalized conversation period that goes on two days before. Yep. So, just because if in some stretch of the imagination the Giants don't get the ink dry on Daniel Jones's deal, let's say they come to an agreement, but they haven't sealed the deal, or they're still really close but haven't dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, they might still tag him tomorrow at 4 o'clock, and then maybe a day or two later they actually shake hands and finish the deal. That could happen too. Okay? That could happen too. Now, the only problem with that is with the tag, because the tag deadline comes up tomorrow at 4. You can't then use it again on another player is what right. you're referring to. Yep. Right. And that's the one little hiccup here that if the Jones uh, finalizing his deal comes after Tuesday at 4, the Giants can then not use the tag on Barkley. Just so you folks understand that, because I know a lot of people think, well, once Jones is done, you tag Barkley. Well, that that was always a realistic option and part of the plan. But if you can't get it done by 4 tomorrow, you can't tag Barkley. Just so you um, people understand that, because they're going to say, well, doesn't free agency start till March 15th? Why can't you tag Barkley? No. Well, because the deadline is prior to the start of the new league. Correct, yeah. And you can only use the tag once as an organization. And Lentz, of course, you take it back, which we've seen. I think it was Charles Clay, if I want to say. I got to look that up and confirm it. When he was with the Dolphins and Buffalo, I think they gave him the tag initially. Maybe it was the transition tag. Well, and the they Panthers tagged Norman, and then they pulled it back. Correct. Josh Norman is another good mm-hmm. example. So there's been a few scenarios with respect to that. But even if you take it back after the tag deadline, you can't then apply it to somebody else. Right. That's the point at hand. Olivier Vernon was tagged by the Dolphins. And then they pulled back. It was a transition, I think. They pulled it back. And the Giants wound up signing. Yeah, so there have been a few circumstances like that. But once again, if this was two weeks ago, then I think you'd have more flexibility mm-hmm. for that to apply. Now, with that being said, though, and this is where I thought maybe you were going to go with it because it is important to note the calendar that you brought up. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, they don't get a long-term deal done with Daniel Jones. They tag him. Saquon cannot start talking to other teams until two days prior to March 15th. Correct. So you still then have your exclusive window with Saquon, meaning that he's not yet tipping his toe into the market. You still can control the dialogue and maybe inch closer to a deal before he could spread his wings and talk to others. So even though you don't have the tag on him, I would still say the Giants could still capitalize on that narrow sure. window where it's just him and the team speaking. The only logic that says um, that's not a good idea is that once you get to that point, his people will probably say, well, you couldn't tag us. Even though we can't talk to anyone right now, we just assume wait the week or two. Sure. Because since there's no restriction on us, we might as well listen to other people. 100%. No, absolutely. They could say, listen, we respect the fact that you still want to talk, but we're making it clear we're going to test the market. Mm -hmm. We may give you an opportunity to match or keep you afloat on the negotiations. That could be maybe a handshake deal, but you lose leverage to your point. In a matter of speaking, that's what happened with the Yankees and Aaron Judge. Remember? You know, they had an exclusive time frame where they could talk to Judge and nobody else could. And Judge's people said, no, no, we're going to wait until free agency opens because we want the opportunity to sniff what's out there on the open market. And they did. They ultimately came back to the Yankees 
Uh, and I'm not saying that that's what will happen with Barkley, but Barkley's people at that point, if it gets to the scenario you've painted, the only way they will probably want to deal with it is to listen to those other offers after the open window starts at uh, the beginning of free agency. Yeah, from what I heard, Aaron Judge was close to playing tight end for the Giants. You didn't hear about that? Weren't they inching closer to a deal? Don't give these people on Twitter any ideas. No, well, oh, wait, that's the San Francisco Giants. But I thought There you go. I thought both okay. Giants, I thought they meet in the offseason. Yeah. And don't they congregate? And uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, I okay, okay. okay. I may have heard that elsewhere. Okay, anyway. But bringing back the conversation to a more serious nature, I don't think that window should be overlooked. I think you bring up a very fair point. You lose leverage, but they still perhaps could get something that's more attractive to Saquon Barkley and his representatives before he does ultimately get free agency. They could. Yeah. They could. But then again, if you're the Giants, I guess the other part of that equation is, let's say you believe in your heart of hearts that you've given him a really good offer and that maybe the open market isn't going to be all that attractive. Maybe, just maybe, and again, you never know what's going to happen when that free agent window opens. But as we talked to Joel Corey out at the Combine, you can always have a gentleman's Former agreement. Former NFL agent, by right, the way. Cap from specialist. CBS Sports. Yep. You could always have a gentleman's agreement with the folks. If you have any integrity at all, you say, okay, listen, we know you want to check out the open market once that date comes. Feel free. Go ahead, sniff around at the market. Maybe you're not going to like what you find. In either case, give us a call back and let us know what you found. And who knows? Maybe we'll come to an agreement then because you'll find out what the market says about you and maybe you'll see that what we're telling you all along makes a lot of sense. Well, that's basically the pure concept of the tag, right? If you break it down to the minuscule details, right? The whole point is you can give a guy a non-exclusive tag, right? Tell him, go out, see what the market has, and then, you know, we'll talk shop. It's not a bad thing because then you're not negotiating against yourself, right? You're still negotiating against the rest of the market, but you at least give yourself a chance to not lose the player and have him walk away. You know, we've talked for uh, the franchise tag all along, the non-exclusive, but I wonder, would you consider... If the Giants were able to sign Jones, would you consider the transition tag on Barkley instead of the franchise? Transition tag on Barkley. Okay. Meaning so you get a long-term deal done. We're talking about with yes. Daniel Jones. Let's so say you, you have get the, the contract with Saquon. Jones and you can tag Barkley. Would you tag the transition instead of the franchise? Would you do that one? Well, here's the way to look at it. If I don't you- think so. I don't. I think it's going to be the the the, the non exclusive franchise. I was going to say I don't know if it really makes a difference in the long run, Paul. Especially with Saquon, maybe more so than a quarterback. Because here's why: first of all, if you don't tag him, I think there's a willingness that you could part ways with him. You've at least already digested that, right? I don't think somebody's giving you two first round picks for Saquon Barkley. No. Right? So. That's the only benefit of giving him the non-exclusive franchise Correct. tag, right? Correct. Team is wowed by Well, him. the other benefit is the transition tag is cheaper. No, the transition tag is cheaper, but you don't protect yourself. You don't get two picks. No, you do not. You lose him outright. You have an opportunity to match. Correct. But if he wants to go elsewhere, the team doesn't have to give up two first-round picks. That's the major Correct. difference. Correct. Between Correct. the transition but, and the but non-exclusive. But you do, you do have either you get the right to match, and then he's stuck, or... If you keep him on the front, uh, the uh, transition tag, you get him for cheaper than what the exclusive or non-exclusive sure. no. franchise would be. The money now, is. Different. I don't think I would 
quite frankly. I just want to put that out there so folks understand if it does happen, and I don't think it will happen, it is an option. I just don't think they'll use the transition on him. I think they'll use the the franchise. I'm completely with you. Yeah. Also, not that this to me is the guiding light, but if the transition tag is cheaper and you're negotiating back and forth, do you really want to now lower the amount of money that he'd get on a guaranteed deal under those circumstances? Do you want to create more friction, I guess is what I'm getting at, especially if it's lower than the $10 million number, which is on the tag. To bring this full circle before we move on to the phone lines, the bottom line is ideally you want to get a long-term deal done with Daniel Jones so you have the flexibility to tag Saquon Barkley. I think that would be the common sense move, but you know, once again, what do we say? It takes two to tango. Yes, Just sir. because the team wants that doesn't mean the player is going to agree on the opposite end of the spectrum. So we'll see where the negotiations carry over until 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, which is the deadline. few reminders before we move on to other items. Giants Huddle Podcast, make sure you check that out. You can subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. Search for Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants app or at Giants.com slash podcast. As we look ahead to the 2023 season, Giants fans, you can take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 campaign. To learn more about all the exclusive membership benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. And the Giants official connected TV streaming app is Giants TV. Brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. All right, let's open up the lines. 201-939-4513. You can also hit us up on hashtag Giants Chat or reach out to us on our individual Twitter handles. Let's check in with Jerome in Charlotte joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Jerome? Hi, guys. Love the show. Um, Thank you. Couldn't wait to uh, actually a- a- be able to ask questions. Um, I- I'm still uh, love to see um, general manager uh, stick to his guns and hope he 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 has he stick to his price. Um, I hate that. I understand Bartley and Jones that like everybody else, they want their money as much as they can get. But with them losing, having so many losing seasons together, I think they they should want to help build what they have going forward, just winning a playoff game and, you know, get more of that. But I also want to ask Paul, um, maybe Lance, you, you know also, but who else? could be a sleeper quarterback that the Giants can, you know, maybe start to groom because we haven't had a a young quarterback that's been able to stay with the team. So you're talking about, Jerome, somebody to draft or somebody to sign in free agency who's young? What are you referring to? Well, in the draft, and um, that could be a free agent that um, is worth uh, bringing aboard and t- – Taylor is, I mean, he can start, you know, the season and, and help, you know, while they still grooming. The, sure. Um, well, I mean, you're, you're referring to a guy essentially on the practice squad in that scenario, and appreciate the phone call, Jerome. You're not going to bring in, Paul, you normally have two quarterbacks on the roster, right? Because Davis Webb was on the practice squad for the majority of the season. So in his scenario, even if you draft somebody, 
you still need to feel good that you can retain that guy on the practice squad. If you're going to draft somebody and you can't storm on the practice squad, now you got to eat up another roster spot mm-hmm. because Taylor's under contract. So assuming Daniel Jones returns, DJ's one, Taylor's two. You already have your veteran backup. I mm-hmm. get the idea and the attractiveness of grooming a guy, but if you have to do that the expense of eating into your 53-man roster, I don't think it's worth it. It's not happening. And to be honest, that's one of the reasons why the Giants gave Tyrod Taylor the deal that they gave him. It was a three-tiered deal, which had all kinds of incentives. If Jones had gotten hurt and Taylor became the starter, he was going to get a whole lot more money because he would have been the guy. And the Giants would have been like, okay, Jones missed a whole bunch of time in 2022. That probably, or at least certainly would have put it more in play that he may not have been coming back this year. Okay, but but that was one part of the deal. The other part of the deal with Tyrod was if they were going to escape from from Daniel Jones's deal, Tyrod was going to be the bridge because the way the contract was uh, constructed economically, they made it so that he would be the bridge in 2023. And then after that, let's see what happens. Probably be the guy to groom the new young guy who might be coming into 2023 sure. and then maybe be the starter in 24. I mean, they knew what they were doing. If you look at the Tyrod Taylor contract, it tells you exactly how they viewed him. And, and he was certainly more than just an insurance policy. He was also the potential bridge if they needed one. And I think the setup with respect to what the caller was referring to That's more of a scenario when you have a veteran quarterback as your starter, meaning a polished guy. Like, I'll use the Saints. So the Saints are bringing in Derek Carr. He's 31. Like, that would be a team, if you wanted to draft somebody later on in Mm -hmm. the rounds and you wanted to bring them in and groom them, that, I think, to me, is still a sensible move. But when you're the opposite, which is the Giants, when you're talking about a guy coming off his rookie deal, the goal is for Daniel to be your starter moving forward. Right. You're not worrying about developing a backup. No, you're not. So it's very different in terms of the mindset. And while I could throw out some names in the draft cast, like, for example, a Max Duggan out of TCU mm-hmm. who helped his team get to the national championship, I mean, he's not expected to go as high in the draft. You know, that would be a guy that maybe you draft late, you bring him in, but you're not storing a guy like that on the practice squad. In all likelihood, you know, if a team needs a flyer, they may claim him. So you wasted a pick. Right. Just, it doesn't make sense. Right. Where the Giants are as a team. Let's head back to the phone lines. We go to Tom in Stratford. Tom, welcome to board to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you got for us? Oh, happy Monday, guys. You too. Uh, Same to you. Everyone's uh, talking about quarterbacks, but I want to talk about what I think is the most important position on the team is the offensive line. And I feel like the guys, a couple of guys that they um, drafted last year are not. They're becoming like afterthoughts, uh, like Joshua Zudu and uh, well, he got Marcus hurt. McKenna. Both of those guys well, got hurt. Yeah. But how are they physically? Are they going to be ready to go? There's the anticipation that both will be ready to go, but the bottom line is the season's not here yet. Training camp's not here yet, and until they get through the spring workouts, there's no point in even gauging where they are because uh, they don't need them right now. I I will tell you. Joe Shane made a very strong point when he was at the Combine and he spoke to the media off the podium that when he got here, he had five offensive linemen healthy and under contract, and now he's got 14 offensive linemen healthy and under contract. And he was very specific about mentioning those guys. So those guys are in the plans. 
Make no mistake sure. about it. And in fact, he also went as far to say this. They've got their left tackle, they've got their right tackle, and they've got their right guard. He said, I'm expecting a lot of competition at left guard and center. Okay? He also said they wanted to meet with Gates and Feliciano within the next week or so, and they had already spoken to Gates and told him they'd like to have him back. Now, those things may come down to numbers, whether or not those two guys do return. The final thing he said about the offensive line is that that would not preclude him from trying to upgrade if they felt that somebody was really good in the draft that that they needed to bring in. And I think that would be more along the lines of center. I don't think they would bring in a left guard because I think between Lemieux, Azudu, um, McKeithen, you know, I think those guys, they're already under contract. So I don't see them bringing in another left guard. I think the competition there is good enough. The question more or less becomes at center where without Gates and without Feliciano being signed right now, they really don't have a center, Lance. Well, Azudu could be an option, but he's limited in terms of that department. Yeah. I thought Azudu could uh, play center. Yeah, well, that's what I just mentioned. There's a possibility that they will try him there, but there's no proven center signed on the roster right now. Yeah, North Carolina wanted to put him at center, but obviously because of the learning disability that he was dealing with, that prevented them. His stutter is what I'm referring to. That's what prevented them from having him be the guy that orchestrates the offense. But they've worked at center with him at practice, and little by little, Mm -hmm. you know, they may get more and more comfortable with him that it's possible that he is an option. I don't know if that's the number one thing on the list. Remember, he's dealing with the neck issue, and McKeithen tore his ACL right before the start of the season. So, I mean, once again, we don't have any knowledge of where they are, to your point, but the fact that McKeithen got hurt well before the season, I think, assuming rehab goes according to plan, Paul, Mm -hmm. and everybody's different with an ACL injury, but maybe you're a little bit more encouraged that he'll be ready to go around Mm -hmm. the spring. Azudu was placed on IR later in the season with the neck issue, so maybe that's more of a question mark just based on the timing of when those injuries were absorbed. I thought maybe you guys had some insight into their um, rehab. Well, uh, I mean, keep in mind, a lot of those guys are out of the building now. You know, they're not necessarily staying around here. They, they, get, no, a, they, get, a, they get a rehab plan from yeah. the trainers, and then they go home, and then they just check in with the trainers. They're not checking in with us. <laughs> yeah, I can promise you that. I, you, I thought you guys were checking in with them all the time. <laughs> no, I, hey, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. There is no. no text messaging chain no. between Josh Azudu, Marcus McKeithen, and Paul Dettino. I can promise put you that. Put it this way. My only medical <laughs> advice is take so. an aspirin and put a Band-Aid on it. That's about all I'm well, qualified for. I'm, I'm very high on Josh Azudu. So am I. If you look at, um, uh, if you look at uh, uh, that um, video that guys put up on Giants TV about uh, Barkley's uh, touchdowns, Azudu was in a lot of those plays where he was just blowing people. Well, especially know, week one against Tennessee. He was involved he in one of Barkley's runs. powerful. Yeah. He is mobile. He gets downfield and makes multiple blocks on the second level. There's a lot to like there. And to be frank yeah. with you, you know, the, 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 uh, some of the troubles that he had in pass protection easily could have been experience or lack thereof. And remember, at North Carolina, they were constantly moving him around out of necessity yep. because the Tar Heels yeah. O-line was a mess. Now that they've got him concentrating on one spot, I think there's a lot of potential for him to grow into that position. And, Tom, appreciate the phone call. Thanks for giving us a ring. I think that was one of the reasons why the Giants drafted him. He was extremely appealing because 
as you mentioned, North Carolina utilized him as a jack-of-all-trades guy. Now, maybe they didn't intend for him to play all of those positions. Some of it was injury, some of it was strategy and game flow, but there's a lot of upside, and you need a guy on the offensive line on the roster, Paul, that plays multiple positions. You do. You can't afford to just have one guy at one spot because injuries are going to pile up. Well, all the more reason to try to bring Nick Gage back. You know, and yep. I don't know what the numbers are going to be, and so that may be difficult. We'll have to see. But to have McKeithen coming off an injury, Izudu coming off an injury, and Shane Lemieux coming off an injury, that's three guys who I know they plan to compete, or should I say throw into the hopper at left guard. One of those guys is probably going to come out of that thing the winner. You would hope, especially for the sake of continuity, given, right, you'd rather turn to a guy that at least has been in-house and mm-hmm. has some establishment of chemistry. And the caller brought up the fact that, you know, maybe some of these guys are afterthoughts given the, the injuries. Way, I forgot yeah. about Brent Bredesen. Sure. But that's not as young a guy. That's more not of an as, established no, He's only been veteran. in the league, what, three three years? Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I look at him separately from Azudo okay. and McKeithen. But there, just came there's, there's the a guy who, I'm sorry, Ben, I didn't mean to exclude you. You will definitely be in the competition. I'm sure of that. Well, he also proved very valuable, right, in a- recent history. Absolutely he did. So... Bredesen was with Baltimore going back to 2020. So that's fair. I mean, we're talking about three years in the league. Once again, still a lot more experience than what Azudu and McKeithen, because remember, McKeithen doesn't have one NFL regular season snap under his belt. Mm -hmm. Still extremely raw. But what I was about to mention before you brought up Ben Bredesen was Nick Gates, you could say, was a bit of an afterthought too, right? Once he got hurt. I don't know if anybody was penning him in and then look what a pleasant surprise he proved to be. His comeback was yeah. truly remarkable. I never doubted him like I never doubted Richie Soybert many years ago because I know the guy too well. And and I had tremendous confidence that if there was anybody who could do it, uh, Richie would have done it, and he did. And I'm like, you know what? Nick's going to do the same thing. And he did. So that's more of a reason why we're not saying you should bank on a player that has some injury history. And I wouldn't say Azudu and McKeithen have injury history given they've only been in the NFL for one year. But... Sometimes you stick with a guy, you groom him, you develop him, you have a patient approach. He could prove to be a guy that all of a sudden starts to be productive and enters the mix in a year or two. All right, let's head back to the phone lines. We got Marty in Manahawkin joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Marty? Hey, good afternoon, guys. How you doing? Hi. Doing all right. What's on your mind? Hey, Paul, I uh, I, I uh, think uh, you might have saw the same thing I did, was that uh, a lot of those guys that Tony Pauline was talking about that might be available to the Giants like on the second and third day, a, a lot of them had really good combines, uh, you know, really good uh, marks. And, uh, you know, that's uh, – I mean, that's that would be a, a real pickup for the Giants if, if uh, some of those guys were available there. Uh, like like uh, the one guy he would mention was Jared Patterson from Notre Dame as a center uh, – uh, well, but, Sam Laporta, yeah, bef- tight end. Before you go anywhere with that, uh, remember the underwear Olympics, or you know, or <laughs> you know, or the pajama Olympics, if you will. Please remember, and Joe Shane admitted this as well. They will not upgrade a guy because he had a good combine. Good, good results, good testing numbers at the combine will only maybe allow you or tell you to relook at the guy again when you're watching the film. But it's not by itself going to enhance his grade. Now, on the other side of the coin, it could hurt a guy's grade a little bit because if he's not in shape and he's not performing well there, 
you know, it puts a little question in the scout's mind. It's like, wait a minute. Everybody knows this is kind of like a job interview to some degree. So you're expected. You're expected to really do well in those tests because you've been training for them for two months. So if you don't, what does that say about you? Was it a physical thing that, you know, you just couldn't test as well? Or was it a work ethic thing where you didn't put the hard work in to make sure that you were going to test well? And if you won't do that, how do we know you're going to put the hard work in during the season when we need you to play a game? That's why you always have to trust the film first. And then exactly. it's a complementary piece is what you're talking about. Because, Marty, you brought up an offensive lineman. Well, the offensive lineman could have been tremendous with the bench press. But just because he has pure strength, his fundamentals may not match what his strength is. And that may be a red flag. And that may have popped up more so on film than him wowing everybody at the combine. So please don't put too much into the combine numbers. Please don't do that. No, I, I really don't, though, Paul. But it gives me it gives me something to look at because, you know, once I hear somebody who they say, you know, looks good, I like to go in and I like to go look at his film. You know, you can, there's right. film on these guys all over the place. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I... So I, I like to go and look at that, and and some of the guys he showed, like Sam Laporta. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it, it, he he reminded me of Mark Bavaro when Mark Bavaro was oh, an no, animal no, no, running. No, 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 no. Don't go there. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> Don't go there now. I, in fact, let me. I did talk to Laporta. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm interested in, in looking at my notes now. I took so many notes during the well, course of the week. Iowa has also produced a number of good tight ends in recent history well, look too. Look at the so, program. Yeah, they have a pretty good track record. Kirk Ferentz with his tight ends and, and his O-linemen. offensive linemen. Yep. I mean, those positions have just been aces for those guys. What did I write down about Laporta? Hold on a second here, because I got I got notes on him. I definitely talked to him. Let's see here couple of things. All right, so he's coming off a knee injury. He had a meniscus problem. Okay, so that was something that was interesting. He did meet with the Giants, just FYI, although they meet with a lot of guys, but he did meet with the Giants. Um, He said here, uh, let's see, one of the things about the injury was that it taught him never to take the game for granted. So from an attitude perspective, he's already very grateful and very motivated about how he plays the game because of that knee injury that he had. Uh, he's, I asked him about importance of the intangibles, and he said connection with teammates is absolutely critical. He, he was a very big guy who, who uh, was uh, emphasizing locker room chemistry, which we know the Giants do value. So I'm sure that was a good sign when they had their conversation with him. Uh, I said to him, what was, uh, let's see here, uh, do, 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 do. What was the most important things that you have to have as a potential receiving tight end? And let's see. He said here, uh, you have to, interesting note. He said you have to be able to block. How about that? A tight end who wants to block. Well, they've got to do yeah. that at Iowa, so I'm not surprised to hear that. Okay. Uh, have to be able to get separation. Okay. Everybody knows that. Uh, and also have to be very, very durable. And make sure that you're available. I mean, all good things, all the kinds of things that I'm sure the Giants wanted to hear when they when they had an opportunity to talk to him. Said uh, he was uh, able to play the slot, the H back, and did not shy away from any tight end responsibilities. So there's a little bit of what I got from my, when I talked to Laporta. And appreciate the phone call, Marty. Thanks for thank you, Marty. Weighing in, you know, the other thing to keep in mind, and I think we're getting really ahead of ourselves if we're starting to talk about mid to late round picks or whatever it may be. But remember, they just drafted Daniel Bellinger, who's coming off a very productive year. Lawrence Cager, I thought, showed some flashes, and he'll be back in the mix. So I don't know necessarily if tight end is a big priority for them in terms of a young guy. 
it may make sense you want to bring in more of a veteran guy to offset some of the youth. Because remember, Cager is a converted wide receiver, mm-hmm. and Bellinger just arrived. He's been league. around for three years, though. He's a little bit older. Sure. I, I could see them drafting a day three tight end as as a prospect, as a guy who might wind up sticking on the 53 as the number three. Or, once again, you could bring in a veteran that's not going to cost a lot, and he could, you could be do that too. a blocker, too. That's why free agency comes first before we get to the draft, because a lot of the conversation changes as a result. Wilson is in Roxbury, joining us here on BBKL. What's happening, Wilson? Hey, guys. Welcome back. How are you? Hi. Doing all right. Thanks. What's on your mind? How are you? Hey, hey, hey listen. Hey, listen. I'm good. Thank you. Hey, listen. Um, I love Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones, to me, I always said it, I'll call you a million times. Uh, he's got a top 10 arm. I think it's a top 10 quarterback right now. He's got a top 10 arm, top 10 talent. Having said that, he cannot play an, an, an attack. There'll be organization, malpractice. He cannot what? I, I didn't hear what you said. Something. What, what, what's mal, malpractice? An attack, you said? Yeah. An attack, an attack. He cannot play on the play. Oh, oh, he cannot he play on the tag. Gotcha. No, no, Paul, no. Because the idea is to move forward, not backwards. Right. So, so you rent, you're renting for a year. Who's gonna stop the run? Who's gonna cover? Who's gonna catch? At that point, at that point, you just, you got, you got to let him go, Paul. That, my, and, my man, this thing, is this is why. Before you go any further, this is why I've told people all along, it made sense yeah. for both parties. There is such a thing as a deal that's good for the player and that's good for the team, which in turn is good for the player. You see? Paul, let me ask something. Paul, let me ask yeah, you something. Yeah, go ahead. All right. I truly believe he doesn't want to come back. Because for some, for a kid, for a kid, that the past three years, people want to run him out of town. Then the last game he plays at Giant Stadium, he leaves to, an, to a standing ovation. So people kind of warmed up to him. Mm-hmm. And after that, he pulls all this crazy stuff. Either two things are going on. He doesn't want to be here, or not everything is, is rosy and, and rainbows and and giant and in the building. Okay, yeah. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to. I'm going to. All right, I'm going to give you a scenario which may change your mind. Okay. It doesn't have to, but I'd like you okay. to follow the dots. Okay. Sure. Before Joe Shane went out to the combine last week, Daniel mm-hmm. Jones was in the building first thing Monday morning, working out. What? He works out on his own, and he's done his own workout stuff to try to build up some more bulk and muscle. But he came to the Giants facility a week ago today, and he did a workout, and he stopped by with Joe Shane, and they had a conversation mutually expressing their situations and how things would like to be. Now, I don't think he would have done that if he did not want to be here. Furthermore, I don't think, and again, I'm speaking on conjecture, I don't think okay. his agency was necessarily thrilled that Daniel Jones stopped in here and had a conversation with the general manager without them. I'm sure they're okay. not thrilled about that. Okay? So well, that tells me by logic that there there's a there's a better than 50-50 chance, okay, that this is okay. going to get done in a very nice and polite way when it's time okay. to get done. Well, listen, I talk to a lot of Giants fans. I'm not gonna. This is this is from the fans. I, I know fans. We don't we don't we're not in. The, we don't do any negotiations or nothing like that. But the well, fans are, are the fans. They, we we are we are part of the culture of the team. We we do have some kind of voice. And right now, I, a lot of them, Paul, 
They say, you know what, this kid is nuts. You know, just we can go nine and eight, eight and nine with Jimmy G or with Baker Mayfield. Now, you know, you know what I'm saying. So people are saying that, and he, this kid created all that craziness, and I don't know why. How did when he create what? What like cra- Wait, Wilson, I lost you. What craziness did Daniel Jones create? Explain that to me. Oh, asking for forty. No, 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 hold on, Wilson, Wilson, Let me take over. Here. Okay, go, Wilson. Okay. When did Daniel Jones get on the record in an interview in a press conference and say, I want to be paid a certain amount of money? Can you give me an example? I can't give an example. Okay, so then what what are we talking about? People making it up. No, 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 no. Wilson, I'm not saying people are making it up. I understand there's a lot of experienced people that cover the league, but when it comes to free agency and negotiating, there's people with agendas and numbers are thrown out for reasons. So unless you heard Daniel Jones say that, you can't accuse the man of creating this if he may not be behind it. Lance, let me ask you something. Let me ask something. You know how powerful New York radio is, right? You you know you work in WFAN. Okay. What happens? What happens if Craig Carton and Boomer Science start saying this kid is a, this kid is not a, a team player? He he wants to kill the the, the team. He he doesn't it, want to help. Yeah. The so team so you team. hold What's on. What's going to happen? What what, happen? what that will do is there will be fans that will listen to that and will run with that, but that has no bearing on how the team feels about Daniel Jones. If not that's at what all. you're insinuating. Not at all. When Don't does you, when does do you think Joe Shane has sports talk radio? on his loudspeakers in his office, and he's waiting for a sports talk show host to give him a sign about who to sign to be his starting quarterback? And besides, why should the opinion of somebody who's never been on the property matter to you? Seriously. Why? Well, Why? Because, because, listen, because New York radio has gotten people fired, hired, benched, Traded. I mean, I mean, this. Well, listen. Here, here's what I'm going to tell you. We got to let you go because we got other calls. But let me let me just tell you this, okay? I've told you folks since October, Jones and Barkley will be here opening day 2023. I am not wavering off that very strong opinion, okay? I've never once wavered from it. The soap opera has continued to dance and and pitter patter all over the radio and all over the newspapers for months, okay? I've never wavered. And I'm not wavering now. Okay? So don't worry about it. Don't worry about the tag. All right? Jones is going to wind up signing a new deal with the Giants, and the tag will not be in play. Don't worry about it. Well, two things that I just want to bring up, because remember, there's no guarantees in life when it comes to especially NFL okay. negotiating and free agents. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm, give, saying, I'm giving a very strong opinion. No, no, I'm sure. not giving you and, a and fact. It's a strong opinion. Well, first of all, even if Daniel Jones is tagged, that doesn't mean they still can't get a long-term deal done right. by mid-July. That's right. number one. Absolutely. So there's no indication. Just because a player's tagged doesn't mean he's going to play on the tag. However, and we do have a tag now, according to ESPN, Pollard, Pollard has, correct. in fact, been tagged by yeah. the Cowboys, well, as was expected. Correct. I mentioned that earlier in the show when we were talking about him and Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. The second thing I wanted to bring up is I completely disagree with the last caller's sentiments that a player like Daniel Jones cannot play on the tag because I think there's examples as we have complete darkness. Is that a sign? I don't know. Somebody's trying to tell me something here (laughs) about that I think Daniel Jones can play on the tag. I don't know. Should I read into that? There's no storm outside, is there? I don't know. Wow. You know, it's one of these rooms where if you don't move, I thought we were moving. You move your hands 25-7. do it all Not the time. 24 7, 25 7. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. What's I'm going Italian. on? Here? I can't help That's it. That's what I'm saying. We got Pearson. I'm He's flipping doing a jumping pizza. Jacks. Every time I have a conversation, I'm flipping a pizza. If we only had a camera, Pearson was like doing jumping jacks to try to get the lights back on as if nobody's paying all right. the bills here. Finish anyway, your thought. Yes. I disagree that a player like Daniel Jones can't play on the tag. I don't understand how that's a negative connotation. A, I think his thinking is that the tag eats up so much of the cap room. 
and we've talked about that before. Well, but thirty-two uh, uh, million versus, let's say, if he got more than that, I, I yeah, but I, but here's the thing: in all likelihood, if if Jones gets a reasonable deal, like like what I believe is going to happen, and I think most people who really understand this, the numbers are probably going to be somewhere between eleven and twelve million on this year's cap hit. If he gets the kind of deal that that the smart people think he's going to get, okay. So, in reference to that, if he signs the long-term deal, this year's cap hit doesn't have to be thirty-two on the tag. Sure, no, that's fair. It could be yeah. about eleven or twelve. Well, because and you bring up a good point. We get caught up in average annual salary. All that matters is the guaranteed money. Number one and number right. two. How do you break down the life of the contract? Because mm-hmm. cap hits are going to fluctuate. So I completely agree with you. When you have a long-term deal, you have more years to spread the wealth. I think that's I like what to... Wilson's okay. getting at. Well, if it's from that lens, then that's fine. I thought it was more of the insinuation he would feel disrespected. You'd have the question mark about no. the quarterback beyond the year. That's how I was reading it. Too. I don't think Wilson okay. was coming coming at you from that angle. I think he was talking about the money and the fact that you may have as much as 20 Twenty million dollars more of cap flexibility oh, that I get. as part of a multi-year deal. That I get. I'm just saying that in the hypothetical that let's say he was tagged that he plays under the tag. I don't see that as detrimental in the short run for the Giants. It brings up question marks all over again the following year. But look, the Cowboys they had Dak Prescott play on the tag in 2020. I understand he got hurt and the team missed the playoffs, and that was the down year for the NFC mm-hmm. East. But they wound up giving him a long-term deal, and they were able to address other areas of need. So it can be done. That's all I well, just want to say. Be, it definitely can yeah. be done. If you want the Giants, though, to take another major step forward this year, you will have to fill out some other spots True. on that roster. And as much cap room as you can get is going to be beneficial. It's far more beneficial to have him on a long-term deal. I don't mm-hmm. think either of us disagree with and, that And sentiment. just for 23 one hundred as well, but I, I short think, term and long term. Sure, but I what I guess I'm getting at is I think it can be digested. God forbid it gets to that degree. I don't think I it agree breaks with you. the back I of agree the team you. if they have to play him on. The it team. won't cripple the team. I agree with that. You. Was what I was getting at. All right, let's head back to the lines. We have Mike in Virginia joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Mike? What do you got for us? Hi. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. Um, I came in at the end of the conversation you were having. Um, I, I did hear you say something about if he does get the tag. Now, my question is, if he gets tagged, it's less, le- less likely we'd be able to keep Barkley also, correct? Well, I mean, it depends. Clearly, Barkley would have the opportunity to then test the market because you wouldn't be telling him, hey, you've got to stay with the team. The tag can do that. It depends on what the market right. is calling for Barkley. If he gets a lucrative deal, then yeah, I think that would put the Giants in a precarious spot. Maybe the market doesn't play out the way that Barkley and his reps see it. So, I mean, I can't really give you a firm answer that it absolutely takes right. them out of the mix to bring him back, but they certainly they lose leverage, Mike, mm-hmm. to the point that they don't right. no, control you. where he can go. Right. All right, so with that being said, I mean, I've been a – Big, I've been a Daniel Jones fan since he came there, even with the issues he was having. I just, you know, I realized, you know, he, he had to work on what he needed to work on to be better, but there was a lot of factors that uh, caused his, his play, the, the, the issues he had. With that being said, Barkley was always our guy. I really feel, I mean, Jones should get the, the contract he deserves, not something that he wants. Like, if, if he does not deserve, in my opinion, to be that top He's not the top-tier quarterback, and I mean, I'm a huge fan, but he's not. Barkley deserves to get paid, and to to keep the continuity together for the team, 
building something that can win moving forward, I really think that they should be able to sign both. But when people start getting greedy, I mean, at this point, if they can't sign him, would y'all be opposed to letting him walk and maybe making a trade in the draft to move up to pick somebody? Look, it's better for all involved if both guys resign. And appreciate the phone call, Mike. And that has been the premise that I've tried to explain to people all along. It's better for the team, it's better for each player, and it's better for them together collectively. Let's not kid ourselves. I, we talked about this on the Combine shows, too, although I think, uh, I think it might have been Greg Cosell who was a little bit, little bit less buying it. I think that Barkley and Jones play off each other very well and have allowed each other to maximize or at least grow their potential as a combination. One without the other... I think is going to have some hurdles to climb in 2023 if one of the guys is gone. Well, Barkley is his most explosive weapon. So, right? absolutely, unless they bring in more talent, you're going to lose somebody that helps your quarterback. But be a headache player because Barkley's a headache player. Yep, and thankfully you didn't assign a specific headache medication to that. So We've you're learning been here. through that before. The evolution of the program. I just wanted to pat you on the back <laughs> and give you kudos. But in all seriousness, to answer the last caller's question, no, I would not get to the point where I'd let him walk. I would tag him because I keep bringing that up, $32 million. And this is where I want to bring the caller's point full circle. Paul, regardless of how you feel about the tag and playing on, and I know you feel quarterbacks get a lot of money, $32 million is a bargain in the current market. Would you not agree with that? Oh, based on the, the current the, market of quarterbacks, what quarterbacks are getting in terms of average annual salary, would you agree that $32 million is a bargain rate? No matter where the quarterback is, whether he's coming off the rookie deal, he's a veteran, the mathematics and economics well, on the of basis that all quarterbacks are, are basically overpaid and the market determines that number, yes. Okay. So th- my point is... $32 million is a pill I could be willing to swallow because no of the economics of and football. that's why Joe Shane has said we'll, we'll throw the tag on him if we have to. Well, that's why I wanted to answer the last caller's hypothetical because the question was, if it gets to the point where the number is astronomical in the mind of the team, would you just let him walk? My answer would be no, you tag no. him. You tag no. him. And, and Joe Shane said at the Combine, we can tag Daniel Jones and still find a way to yep. re-sign Barkley. It's it, still possible. Now, it would require some more creativity. And it would probably require Barkley to uh, swallow a little bit, okay? That may have to happen, but it does not prohibit the Giants from trying to bring back Barkley. One other point I wanted to make to piggyback off of the last caller, the point was you look at where a quarterback is statistically, your own personal rankings, and you're wondering, well, why is he able to demand that type of money? It's because I've said this multiple times on the program. I'll repeat it again, and it's probably going to be heard over and over again. Quarterbacks, Paul, do not get paid based on statistics and where they are in the rankings of the NFL. They get paid based on timing when they hit the market. So when you hear these numbers, well, but that's the point. You got to at least digest that. You have to understand Mm -hmm. because, look, Deshaun Watson has two hundred thirty million dollars in guaranteed money. Don't don't even talk about that. I'm just bringing it up as an example. I just we're gonna get back to reality here. I know every GM wants to throw up at that contract. But if you were have a conversation, if you and I sat together and we ranked the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL and we took all criteria into consideration, would you assign Deshaun Watson the most guaranteed money in the NFL based on the quarterback position? It's a joke. Okay, so that's my point. My point is, while in the minds of a lot of fans, you say. 
quarterbacks, not top 10 material, hasn't shown me top 10 material, should not get paid accordingly. My response is that's not how the NFL market operates. That's all I'm saying. So you have to at least look at it through the lens of the reason why the player and their reps is asking for that type of money is because they're looking at the last quarterback that got paid. They're not thinking the way that you're thinking in terms of he has 15 touchdowns. This guy's got 35. The guy with 35 should get 20 more million dollars. It doesn't work like that. And the other thing that the player's agent will not do is look at the percentage of the team's cap that he is trying to assign to his quarterback. He doesn't care about that. Well, and you and I disagree with this. I don't I think it's, it's I know. not the player's job to do the GM's job. I am, the GM I am, is in I position understand. to work those things out. I know where you're not coming from, job. Lance. I yeah. may not be on that side of the no, fence, but I understand it. That's fine. I do. I, I'm not expecting to get you to agree with me. I'm just making that's the point okay. that I'm not going to hold the player to that same standard. That's all. With that being said... I think we have covered mathematics. I think we have covered electricity with lights. Let's see, is there anything else outside of football that we've not covered over the course of Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live? With that being said, appreciate everybody for tuning in. We'll be back up and running again, of course, on Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Today's episode, part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcast. For Paul Dottino, I'm Lance Meadow. Stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest, and we'll speak to you tomorrow right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Have a good one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.